Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I really enjoyed that conversation with Jace Payne. What a what a bright young man he is, and he's making his mark. At 31 years old, love talking to young people in coastal Mississippi who have committed to to living here and making their contribution here. Hey, incidentally, uh, on uh, Fridays, we've been talking with Jeff Duncan from The Athletic to have Saints Friday. And uh, now that the Saints season's over with, uh, Jeff's still going to be joining me for half a, half a show on Fridays to talk about the latest of the Saints. We'll be talking about sort of the sports t- uh, you know, the sports situation in the South and, uh, and whatever else is on uh, Jeff's mind. He's also a, a, re- a horse racing enthusiast and expert, so there's a lot to talk to Jeff Duncan about. You can join us on Fridays. So now let's shift gears to uh, the Vice President of Clinic Operations, Matthew Walker. We'll, we'll call him Matt today. And uh, he's at uh, Memorial Hospital in Gulfport, and I look forward to just trying to get an update on what's going on with COVID and looking back at 2020, what stands out, and we'll look ahead to 2021 as well. So good morning, Matt. How you doing, buddy? Good morning. Doing well. I Thanks see you went to Auburn. My son went to Auburn. Uh, War Eagle. War Eagle. Uh, that means we get to use uh, small words, and hopefully there's some pictures along the way, right? <laughs> For sure. I had a couple of Alabama graduates on yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I still said War Eagle to them. <laughs> so, but as I mentioned to you, I spent a lot of time in Alabama. I was uh, I was president of a media group that had AL.com, the Birmingham News, Huntsville Times, and the Mobile Press Register. I was born in Birmingham. I went to UAB. You went to Auburn, but you went over to Sanford to get your master's degree. You started out in nursing. How did you tell me about that path from nursing to basically administration and the responsibilities you have today? Well, I, I guess I'm just glutton for punishment, but, um, you know, uh, early on in my career, the way uh, nursing kind of attacks patients um, as far as, you know, to care and treat for them, I got into a few business classes and I kind of realized hospitals were kind of the same dynamic. So, you know, if you if you treat a uh, an organization the same way that you treat a patient, it, it somehow uh, works or it clicked in my brain. So... I originally thought I wanted to be a CRNA. I, I started taking a few business classes along the way, um, and it turns out that I, I kind of like this side of the uh, uh, this side of the the healthcare industry just as much as I like clinical care. Yeah, once it gets in your blood, I mean, it's interesting. There's so many different paths that you can take. But as you know, I've had Kent Nico on the show several times. Kent is the administrator there, and then a really good friend of the show has been Dr. Nicholas Conger. Uh, you know, the infectious disease doctor there at Memorial that you know well. But but Nick's been just a great friend of mine, a great friend of the show. I actually had my own COVID experience, and he and I used during our conversations my own experience to sort of help inform people about, you know, what to look for, you know, you know why it's important to be careful. But he's had such a practical view toward the pandemic from the very beginning, and I think his, his practical advice to people has really helped save a lot of people just in, just, just in terms of just being more careful. Uh, you've heard that before about him, haven't you? Absolutely. Uh, you know, he's, he's really intelligent, bright guy. He's got a bright future in front of him, but he can, he can um, speak, um, you know, to everyone um, in 
really is able to take very complicated things, kind of cook it down into everyday language. And I think that's what's well received by the by the general public. So there, you're heavily involved in the Memorial Physicians Clinics, and there there are over a hundred physicians there today. Tell me about your, what you do. So I'm responsible for everything that's not the hospital proper. Um, so if if we um, um, are managing clinics in um, Harrison County or Jackson County or Hancock County or Stoughton County. Uh, even if we're running kind of a one day a week or one day a month clinics in George County, um, the, you know my team kind of makes sure that those things get facilitated correctly, that the staffing gets managed. Um, our COVID response, uh, um, at least in the ambulance workspace, has been my responsibility or my team's responsibility. So, um, yeah, we, we've got a we've got a nice little footprint. Uh, I think we've got about uh, 85 or so different addresses. And whenever you start talking about builds in the IT world or the IT system, it's, uh, you know, 110 or 15 builds. So it's it, it keeps the work week interesting. Um, a lot of different physicians like Dr. Conger um, are, are kind of in the complement. And um, but but, you know, it's, it's one of those uh, passions that if, uh, if you get bored in your job, you're, you're probably not doing it correctly. We're, we're talking to Matt Walker, who's the VP of Clinic Operations at Memorial at Guffhorn. Um, so what's the latest as it relates to the numbers, uh, uh, the COVID numbers? So, you know, not, not unexpected, and, and um, it didn't take much of a crystal ball to know that we were going to see some higher numbers uh, throughout the holidays and coming off of the holidays. Um, you know, we're, we're 10 and a half months in, and... Um, you know, it's from a testing standpoint, I think we've tested a little over 38,000 patients on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Um, and, and we were running a run rate um, coming into Thanksgiving of about, I'd say about 2,300 tests a month. And then uh, we kind of doubled that number in the, in the month of November uh, going into and out of the Thanksgiving holidays. So we, we had about 4,500 tests. Um, in the month of November, and then we, we just about doubled that number again with the Christmas holidays. So, um, you know, Christmas we had about 8,500 uh, tests in December. January um, started off with a bang. You know, that first week was, was pretty rough. Um, there, there was a lot of activity. It's, it's trying to cool off. Um, and so I think our numbers for January are going to be a little less than December. And hopefully that means we're trending in the right direction. Yeah, we had a bit of a Thanksgiving bump. And um, and when we talked to Dr. Conger, he, he said for sure there's going to be a Christmas and New Year's bump. Uh, people who were who were really working hard to protect the vulnerable uh, sort of dropped their guard during that holiday period. And then uh, obviously, unfortunately, too many people have had to uh, deal with the serious reactions that related to the virus. Some have died. Unfortunately, too many have died. But, you know, as we do on the show all the time, Matt, we try to remind people that the tools that are at our disposal are the same tools we've had from the very beginning. Washing our hands, you know, socially distancing, you know, not loud talking close to someone, uh, not touching your face, as, as Lee Bond, the administrator at Singer River, has said so many times, that if you, uh, if you haven't washed your hands in the past hour, you probably waited too long. Um, and especially protect the vulnerable. Those those are those are going to be in place now for months still, 
And that's the key, isn't it? It is, um, you know, but, but you know, every cloud has a has a silver lining. Uh, normally, by this time of year, we've seen you know close to a thousand blue cases, and for the month of January, uh, I think we've only had thirty one uh, positive blues in the in the month of January that we've identified. So, I mean, the the social distancing, the masking, the hand washing, um, it is having positive impacts on on certain diseases that are communicable, but COVID is still kind of the, you know, the bully in town that, that we're trying to get our arms around and, and make him go away. So when you look back on 2020, when you, when you sort of, okay, in the quietness of your own th- thoughts, look back on 2020, what sticks out to you? Um, you know, I hate to use buzzwords, but you know, there, there was a lot of perseverance. There was a lot of resolve. Um, I, I saw uh, probably intermittently our best management uh, during 2020. It was hard. Um, it, you know, you, you got knocked down a lot. Um, didn't feel good a lot of days. But then, whenever you kind of looked up, you realized that that from a numbers standpoint, you, know, you, you were really making a difference. So, so I, I would say that 2020. What um, was a, a very good year for learning. It taught us a lot, and I think um, it, it kind of poised us for um, you know what, whatever healthcare throws at us next. So I, I think um, you know was twenty twenty a challenge? You better believe it. Um, but you know, has twenty one felt any different? Not really. Uh, but I do think um, I do think that we did a lot of learning, and I, I, I am proud of the work that Memorial has done throughout this pandemic. Yeah, we tried to on this show, Matt. We tried to focus on. Uh, it's easy to forget. We get moving so fast in our lives. It's easy to forget about the sacrifices that the healthcare profession has made, and we're not t- just talking about nurses and doctors, but anyone who has to be associated with a patient it could be anyone from a custodian to you know respiratory therapy to the lab to the administrators i mean it's it's incredible the way they have stepped up to the up to the table and in this covid moment i often refer to them as the true heroes of of the situation and if for no other reason if you're not concerned about your family members and whatever for no other reason you know help help stop the spread of COVID so that you can aid the healthcare professionals. What we're going to do, uh, this is uh, Matt Walker. He's the he's the a vice president at uh, Memorial Hospitals. He's head of clinic operations. When we come back, we're going to talk a lot more about 2021 and how technology is really changing the healthcare profession. But we'll be back after this break. Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I-10 Exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Country. We have Matt Walker with us. He's the VP of uh, Clinic Operations at Memorial uh, Hospital at Gulfport. And Matthew, one of the things that we've talked about on the show are the enormous number of trends that have been unleashed. Any trend that was in place before the pandemic, it just sped them up. It could have been e-commerce, a streaming video, or remote learning. Uh, just unbelievable numbers. But when you look at telemedicine in particular, here, here's one thing that really kind of stuck out with me. Uh, the increase in virtual appointments, uh, it increased 10 times in 15 days. And there's no letting up. I mean, that's just the way it's going to be from now on. There's going to be a telemedicine aspect to medicine at a level that we, we that we were nowhere near before the pandemic. That's just the way it is, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. Um, here at Memorial, we saw about, uh, we, we were pushing 70,000 televisits. Um, coming off of 2020, and that that was uh, significantly higher, like like many multiples over what we did in 2019. Now the pandemic kind of forced us into it. Uh, we had to do some things really quickly. Again, something that I'm really proud of that that we were able to uh, to rapidly adopt that um, across the continuum uh, very quickly within you know within a week. Um, and it seems like it leveled off. Uh, towards the end of the year, we were probably running about 10% of, of all encounters that we were seeing in the ambulatory space uh, were, were virtual in nature. And, and I think that's going to continue. I, I think the insurance payers are supporting it. I think the patients are liking it. Um, I, I think the providers are, are tolerating it. Um, and so I do think that there is definitely a time and a place for virtual medicine, and I think it is here to stay on the Gulf Coast. So, you know, just watching it through certain family members I've had that have used, uh, you know, that telemedicine aspect to have their appointments, but, you know, know, to visit with the nurse on an iPad and literally in sort of this room, and then when it's time to see the physician, to go down the hall and go into the physician's room and to meet with with them there, and the way that he uses or she uses technology to, to really move that conversation along it seems super super efficient to me it also seems to be you know i mean the level of personal care seems to be uh, incredible really if you think about not being face to face with the doctor yeah it, it does create a lot of bandwidth within the day because there are efficiencies that can be gained through telehealth um you know all things are not appropriate for telehealth you know obviously um, there, there are many times where we need to lay hands on patients, but as far as a very good screening tool, as far as um, you know, uh, uh, intermittent updates on patient care, you know, everything's going well. We just need to review some medicines. Those types of encounters, um, I, I do see a, a huge value in that. Or I just don't feel good, and I don't feel like getting around a bunch of people. Um, you know, that that's really what we saw during the pandemic was was uh, patients that, that had those types of acute uh, nature uh, issues that were medical in nature. Um, the, those people really benefited from telehealth. You know, it's, it's so interesting to think back at Memorial Hospital just being sort of one location at one point uh, to the point where it is today, which you said it's over 80 locations. Um, man, the, the tentacles of Memorial just reach all over the community, doesn't it? It does, um, and, and, and it crosses all, um, you know, all, all socioeconomic phases of, of the coast. 
um, and and we love we love them all equally. So so it's it's fun to open up uh, new clinics and new neighborhoods. It's fun to get phone calls about where our um, you know our RV, which is our mobile clinic, needs to go next. Um, you know it, it, these vaccinations; those are those are really opportunities to shine um, in the general public. Now, I wish we could get our hands on a few more vaccinations. Uh, yeah, I would think that uh, the entire country would make the same statement, uh, just because it feels like uh, this is our opportunity where we could potentially be doing more. Um, and and but it's it's one of those things where when it's our turn, it's our turn, and we'll we'll step up and we'll manage when it's appropriate. You know, just as a layperson watching the evolution of the medicine um, field, the medical field, uh, it's been interesting watching the role the physician's assistant and the nurse practitioner is playing in this evolution. It man, it's incredible, really, if you think about the growth in that sector, isn't it? It, it is, and it's been a it's been a have to space. Um, there there are not enough doctors, uh, you know, MDs and DO programs. There's not enough. Uh, specialists and uh, to kind of fill the gap between you know kind of the scope of the nurse and the scope of the doctor you've seen these uh, the, these MP programs and PA programs really have a heyday as far as being able to just fill that void and and you will see um, you know that they are very much welcomed uh, in the, within the doors of Memorial and we are happy to put them to work and keep them working because there is definitely a need. This is uh, Matthew Walker. Matthew, I really appreciate you spending some time with us today. Uh, and I look forward to talking to you again in the future. Your, 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 uh, your, your Alabama accent kind of makes me feel at home because I have a lot of family who lives in Birmingham and surrounding areas. But uh, Matt is the uh, Vice President of Clinic Operations Memorial at Gulfport. We really appreciate you spending some time with us. Thank you very much. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Broadcasting safe and sound from the coastal Mississippi studios. This is Coast View View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.